The Zags are back in the Elite Eight thanks to a heroic shot from Julian Strother and an all-time performance from Drew Timmy, the no-doubt, undisputed greatest player in Gonzaga basketball history. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to give you daily reports through another season of Gonzaga Hoops. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Folks, the Zags are still dancing. They are back in the Elite Eight. We're going to talk about UConn, their upcoming opponent on Saturday. We're going to close out the show discussing the Huskies. We're also going to talk about Drew Timmy's legacy, his status as the greatest Zag of all time, and what he did in this game on Thursday. But first, let's just talk about the game. The Zags won a thriller. We knew. Look, we knew this wasn't going to be easy. The Zags and the Bruins just play this type of game. 17 years after the Zags blew a 17-point lead to the UCLA Bruins, Adam Morrison crying on the floor, Jordan Farmar getting the steal, all of that, the story we've heard time after time, the images we've seen time after time. Here we have the Bruins with a 13-point lead at halftime, the same score that Gonzaga had a lead at halftime. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? The Zags held UCLA without a field goal for an 11-minute stretch in the second half, wore them down, got huge clutch shots. Of course, we're going to talk more about Timmy later. Malachi Smith was huge in this game. And then when it finally looked like the pendulum had swung all the way far enough for the Zags to comfortably secure a victory, it looked like, wow, UCLA blew a 13-point lead. They're down 10. There is 150 seconds left. In this basketball game, it is Gonzaga's to lose. We might not even get that kind of excitement, that kind of last-second heroics that we've seen in these games in the past. But of course, it's Gonzaga-UCLA. There was just no way for it to end any other way. And Gonzaga inexplicably made some very bad decisions in the final two minutes of this game. I don't want to harp too much on that because they won. But man, Malachi Smith making a great pass to Mick Cronin on the sideline definitely did not help. They got Jaime Hawkins got a couple times going downhill to the basket, got some fouls that were questionable on being called. But still, you cannot, cannot put yourself in a position to foul a guy going up for a shot that he's going to make 85% of the time. And that's what Gonzaga did twice to Jaime Hawkins down the stretch. A 10-point lead evaporated like that. The Zags had to quickly find a way to score. They were down one with 12 seconds left. They came down the floor. They ran what Mark Few called after the game, the Jay Wright special. They officially acknowledged that they took this shot straight out of Villanova's playbook. Hunter Salas brought the ball down the floor, turn, shovel pass to Julian Strother. Julian was supposed to read the defense, whether they came out at him, he was going to then attack the basket. Again, the Zags were only down one, so they didn't need a three in this situation. Defense decided to go behind him as they probably should have because Julian Strother was still standing on the S of the March Madness half-court logo, but he was feeling it. He was open. He had a good look. He caught that ball in stride, and he 
let it fly. Bottom of the net. Zags have a two-point lead, seven seconds left. Tiger Campbell comes down the floor. And look, Julian Strother's shot is going to be the iconic image. We've already seen the picture circulating around social media, the picture of him afterwards just stone-faced, looking like a straight-up assassin after making that shot. And he deserves all of the praise for that shot. It will be compared to Jalen Suggs. It will be compared to the Adam Morrison loss. It will forever be a part of the lore of this Gonzaga-UCLA matchup. But it doesn't happen potentially, without Malachi Smith getting a strip steal at the other end of the floor with less than two seconds to go. Tiger Campbell got the ball in his, his hands, and he made it from the out-of-bounds to around the free-throw line. It was like a 16-, 17-foot jump shot that Tiger Campbell was pulling up to take before Malachi Smith knocked that ball out of his hand. I don't know about you, but Tiger Campbell's got a pretty good chance of making that shot. That was not a gimme that he was going to miss that shot. Gonzaga was going to get the rebound and win that game. They needed a defensive stand in the final seconds. Malachi Smith, who was monumental all game long, played a huge role for the Zags in this one. He gets the ball stripped away. Julian Strother picks it up, gets fouled, does what every Gonzaga player does at the end of a game when they need to make free throws and doesn't make the first free throw, but it didn't matter. Gonzaga still pulled out the victory, an absolute stunner. People talked about UCLA choking this away. I mean, Gonzaga basically almost, it was it was a game of runs. It was a game of runs. UCLA built a big lead, blew it entirely in the second half. Gonzaga built a big lead, blew it entirely in the final seconds, and then still secured a victory. That is elite high-level basketball. On a day when Kansas State and Michigan State played perhaps one of the greatest all-around NCAA tournament games I've seen in a really long time. Gonzaga and UCLA had a lot to, to in order to do in order to reach that same threshold or a similar threshold uh, in terms of a, a great basketball game. And they did it. They did. I mentioned Malachi Smith. And I want to give him a little bit more love here because what we saw Gonzaga do, the main, the main adjustment Gonzaga made here in this game was really just kind of wearing UCLA out. And they knew this was going to happen. Mick Cronin acknowledged this every single time he had one of those cutaway TV uh, interviews in the middle of the game. He basically said, we need to slow down. We don't have as much depth. We have guys injured. We can't run with this team. And they tried to run with the Zags in the beginning. And, and I get why, because they were getting open shots. They were getting out in transition. They were getting easy lay-ins. Gonzaga was turning the ball over at a nuclear high rate in the first half of the game. But UCLA, they, they ran out of gas. And for Gonzaga, they made some halftime adjustments. They, they changed some of the ways that they were playing defense. But one of the big things that they did was just change the personnel. Rasir Bolton and Nolan Hickman did not have it in this game. They did not have it. Nolan Hickman went 0-4 from the field. He only had one turnover, but it was an ugly one. It was that, uh, that he tried to pass it over the top to Drew Timmy from an out-of-bounds play. Jaime Hawkins stole it coast-to-coast. Easy dunk for him. That was a, a, an egregious turnover. Not going to sugarcoat it at all. It was his only turnover of the game. But the issue with Hickman especially when you compare him to Hunter Salas, and we'll get to Malachi Smith, but Hickman doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He has limited the number of mistakes that he makes by a considerable amount from earlier in the season, but he's also not making a lot happen. He took four shots in this game, didn't make any of them. Even if he'd made one or two, it's not he's just not moving the needle all that much offensively. Didn't have a ton of assists in this game. I think he had two. He played fine. He didn't play as bad as I think a lot of people think that he did because he wasn't a huge negative. He just doesn't, he's not bringing a whole lot right now. Hunter Salas, in particular, is bringing a lot more. Now, he's also causing more issues. He had three turnovers in the first half of this game. Again, Nolan Hickman had one total. Hick Salas had three in the first half. He commits more fouls, tends to – some of the stuff that Hunter Salas does tends to cause more issues, but he's making things happen. Nolan Hickman is not doing that. 
at some point you have to think about making a change here. And and, and same with Rasir Bolton. Rasir Bolton went 0-1 from the field. You could say, okay, he didn't really kill the team. He didn't do a whole lot either. He didn't add much to what was going on for this team. Meanwhile, Malachi Smith has 14 points and six rebounds off the bench while playing better defense than Rasir Bolton. He was just better in this game. Just better. Both Nolan, excuse me, both Malachi Smith and Hunter Salas were better than Rasir Bolton and Nolan Hickman. And shout out to Mark Few for recognizing that in the second half and rolling with it. Sometimes he doesn't do that. But in a win or go home game, you have to roll with the guys who are playing better basketball. Hunter Salas, five points, five rebounds, great defense. Like I said, he had the three turnovers, but he was trying to make things happen. He was going towards the basket. He was looking for opportunities to score. He was trying to get steals. Yeah, sometimes that leads to fouls. Sometimes that leads to mistakes on offense where he turns the ball over. But at least he's going to try to do something. I think that that needs to be rewarded, and I think we saw that in the second half. Last note here, I just how, how fun are Gonzaga-UCLA games? I'd love to see this continue somehow let's see if the committee can put them in the same region or at least set up some kind of final four matchup between these teams going forward because 2006 not the most fun memory for the zags of course but 2021 was elite and this shot was elite as well i can't remember a more fun more stressful more heartbreaking gonzaga game uh, then quite honestly that 2021 game against ucla they're two of the very very best programs on the west coast and seeing them match up the way that we have has been an absolute blast for the last couple of years Well, Drew Timmy put on an all-time performance on Thursday, cementing his legacy as the greatest Zag of all time. More on that after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. The NCAA tournament is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Maybe you like DeMontis Sabonis to keep putting up huge numbers for Sacramento. Maybe you like Zach Collins in his new role with the Spurs to keep up the high production. He has been killing it lately. Maybe you want to make an exclusive bet like Corey Kispert hitting two threes in his first three minutes of Washington's next game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, segment two, still any patents, still Locked On Zags. I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. It's me, myself, Isaac Shade, my co-host and also the host of Locked On Tar Heels. Seven days a week, we have not taken a day off in March because it is the greatest month of the year. Check out all of our content, reseeding the tournament, discussing every single matchup, previewing every matchup, talking about betting lines. All of that good stuff. You can find Locked On College Basketball wherever you get podcasts. You can find it on YouTube as well. Well, folks, Drew Timmy did it. He cemented himself as the greatest Zag of all time. Maybe he already was in your minds. Maybe he never will be in your minds. Some, it's an opinion-based conversation, certainly. But the, the evidence is overwhelming. Let's talk about the game first of all. Drew Timmy had 36 points on 16 of 24 shooting. That is obscene. The efficiency to do that against the number two defense in the country. Yes, they were missing Pac-12 defensive player of the year, Jalen Clark. He's a wing. He wouldn't have been guarding Drew Timmy necessarily, although he would have had an impact. More 
impactful. They were missing a Dembona, their freshman center, who would have started and would have been the person guarding Drew Timmy. Doesn't matter. Drew Timmy had 36 points on 16 of 24 shooting. He went 101 from beyond the arc because apparently he just doesn't miss three-pointers now. He had 13 rebounds, five of them on the offensive glass. He also had four assists and a pair of blocks. A monstrous performance from an all-time great. Drew Timmy's legacy at Gonzaga is going to be nearly impossible to replicate. He's a multiple-time All-American. He's been in the Elite Eight two of the three seasons he's been in the NCAA tournament. He was in the Sweet 16 the other year. He was, of course, in the National Championship one of those years. Mick Cronin decided to single coverage to single cover Drew Timmy in this game, and it was a bafflingly bad decision. Drew Timmy torched them all game long. And sure, they can point to, well, look, this starting backcourt didn't have any points. Didn't matter. Did not matter. Drew Timmy is inevitable when he does that. Here's some other fun facts for you about Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy is now in first place solo, first place for the most 20-point games in NCAA tournament history. Nobody has scored 20 or more points in more games in the NCAA tournament than Drew Timmy. I want to remind you for folks, I know Gonzaga fans don't perpetuate this as much as others, but there's this constant rumor joke mill floating around on social media of like, Drew Timmy's, you know, what is he in his seventh year of college? Is he a doctor now? Et cetera, et cetera. Drew Timmy is a normal senior. And not only is he a normal senior, he did not have an NCAA tournament in his freshman year because of COVID-19. Drew Timmy has played in three NCAA tournaments. One of them he is not done with. And in those three NCAA tournaments, he has scored more. He has had more 20 point games than anyone ever. That is insane to think about. Beyond that, Drew Timmy is now 11th all-time in NCAA tournament scoring history. Again, three NCAA tournaments. 11th all-time. He moved up 13 spots on Thursday. 36 points moved him up 13 spots. Here are some of the people that Drew Timmy passed for NCAA tournament scoring. Bill Walton, shout out UCLA for that. Jerry West, all-time great. Georgetown's Patrick Ewing who had some phenomenal runs through the Big East and the NCAA tournament in the 80s. Grant Hill went to some school called Duke. They were pretty good in the NCAA tournament. He passed all of those guys for most points scored in an NCAA tournament career. I don't think there's a debate anymore. Drew Timmy is the greatest Zag of all time. He, he just is. And look, you can say there's more impactful players. You can talk about Adam Morrison rising the 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 prominence of the program from a level that at the time was kind of like fun, plucky mid-major to they're all over the news. They're the story of college basketball. Gonzaga wasn't that. Mark Few called that season with Adam Morrison like traveling with the Beatles. I don't think that that's happening with Drew Timmy. There is a difference between maybe the most uh, important is maybe a different way to say it, influential, potentially different kind of conversations that we could have regarding Drew Timmy and some other players for the Zags there. Also, I think if you were drafting a team, I'm not sure. I think you could argue that you wouldn't take Drew Timmy first. You might take Jet Holmgren first, to be quite honest. You might take Jalen Suggs first, to be quite honest. But nobody has had a better career as a Gonzaga basketball player than Drew Timmy. He's first in points per game. Or excuse me, he's first in points total. Total points. First in field goal percentage. Top 10 in rebounds. Leading the team in assists this year. High-level high level passer now. 
He's been to the Elite Eight in two of his three NCAA tournaments. Like I said, the Sweet 16, the other one. He's one of the most winningest players of all time. I think he has 12 losses in his career. An obscene number for Drew Timmy. There's just no debate. Then you factor in everything else, how, how famous he is, how well-known he is. He's the face of college basketball. He's the face of the NIL era for coming back to school, for making more, more money in college than in the pros, for making that decision to return to school, uh, do deals with Dollar Shave Club, do some of the other T-Mobile deals that he's been doing. He has this podcast. He's, he's, he's well-known in the industry. He's well-known to everybody. People have been talking about Drew Timmy for years. That hasn't happened for very many Gonzaga basketball players. Chet Holmgren got a ton of attention for just for the one year that he was in college, of course. Uh, Shemek Karnowski got a fair amount of attention, but not to that level. Kyle Wilcher, DeMontis Sabonis, great players. Kelly Olenek was extremely well-known for the one year that he was a, a dominant force at Gonzaga. Certainly, you go back farther than that. We, we talked about Adam Morrison already. Talk about Dan Dickow and the role that he had in, in elevating this program from just a one-and-done, flash-in-the-pan, George Mason VCU-type team to a, a team that is a perennial power. Like that, That's a huge, huge part of Gonzaga's history, and, and Dickow wasn't alone in that. Blake Stepp obviously had a big role as well, and, and, and many others, but what Drew Jimmy has done to keep this program at this elite level elite level while being the face of college basketball while having his quotes continually all over ESPN, all over sports center, all over everywhere, having huge nationally known writers writing articles about him, jumping on his podcast, discussing things with him. He is the face of this sport at a transformative era in college basketball. Drew Timmy is the leader he is the face of that sport. He's the face of Gonzaga basketball. If this program goes to the Big 12, if they make some kind of jump, Drew Timmy will have had a significant role in that happening. He won't be here anymore. It probably won't get announced until after he is gone. But he will have had a significant role in that happening. We'll have a lot more about Drew Timmy in the coming days, weeks, months. Quite honestly, he'll be a player we talk about for a very long time. I believe that his NBA potential is more than he has been given credit for. And I think we've seen on display in this NCAA tournament some of the things that make him more of a high-level NBA player. We've seen him look better on the defensive end. He still has work to do. I don't think we're talking about a guy who's going to be an NBA starter or sneak into the first round or anything like that. But the belief for so long has been that he's not even going to be an NBA player at all. I'm not buying that anymore. That level of footwork and grace around the rim, he can do that in the NBA. Can he do other stuff? That remains to be seen. Can he facilitate an offense a little bit? Yeah, we've seen him do that. He's got work to do still, but as much as people like to joke about him being the old man of college basketball, he's still just 22. We'll talk more about Drew Timmy and his NBA aspirations on another time, but I wanted to make sure we gave him some significant love for what he has done in a Gonzaga basketball uniform, not just on Thursday in that win over UCLA, even if that was all he did. He tied the record for most points scored in an NCAA tournament game by a Zag. Tied Brandon Clark's record, uh, mind you, for that. So continuing to showcase that he is the best Gonzaga basketball player of all time. We're going to close out the show discussing the UConn Huskies, Gonzaga's Saturday opponent for a spot in the Final Four. But before we do that, a word from today's sponsor, Built Bar. 
The Built Bar March Madness bracket is here, and we know that you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know that I'm going to be voting for the Churro Bar because I love the Churro Bar, and if you want your favorite bar to win, then you will be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your bar or puff, and when you vote for your favorite bar, favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You have got to try built the best protein bar ever. Seriously. They are so amazing. You will not think they're good for you. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're high in protein, they're low in sugar, and they're covered in hundred percent real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. So run to BuiltBarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your your pick. Built Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. All right, let's talk Yukon Huskies. The opponent, the Zags will face Saturday, 5.49 p.m. Pacific time is the current scheduled tip for that. So mark your calendars. Not that you guys all don't already have your calendars marked for that game. I know I don't make any plans, never make an assumption about when the Zags are going to be or not be in the tournament. This is maybe a team that many might have thought that this Saturday would have been an open day for them. Maybe they'll make the Sweet 16. Maybe they won't advance past that. But yet, here we are. Zags, Huskies, UConn, Gonzaga, two phenomenal programs to... I was going to say elite non-football programs. UConn does have a football team. I always forget about that as a Big East school. Uh, but still, this is this is going to be a tough matchup. I mentioned on a, on a recent episode of the Bracket Breakdown show uh, with Kanani Stevens that UConn is not the team I want to face. I'd rather face Arkansas. Obviously, the rematch there would have been quite a storyline, no doubt. Arkansas has some really talented players, some really good guard defenders, and Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh and Ricky Council has been playing some elite basketball for them, but they don't have a ton of size down low, and I thought maybe that would have been a better advantage for the Zags because now they take on a UConn team that they got a lot of size, and they just demolished Arkansas. For those of you who did not watch this game, who waited to turn on the TV until the Zags game, UConn won by 23 points, 88 to 65. Quite honestly, the game was not even that close. UConn jumped out. They got it. They went on a 14 nothing run in the first half, jumped out to a 17 point lead at that point. And the game was never within 10 again for most of the second half. I don't think it was within 20 at times. It was 20, 29 is the highest it got. It never quite got to a 30 point lead for UConn, but it was basically between 22 and 28 for the entire second half. It was a massacre. Yeah, UConn's favored. They were the four seed playing at eight seed, but Arkansas was a preseason top 10 team. UConn was unranked to start the season. They jumped as high as two in the AP rankings. Then they went on a pretty ugly run. I think they lost six out of eight early in Big East play, kind of dropped down in the rankings and sort of got almost forgotten about. I think a lot of people who are talking about UConn right now are talking about the version of UConn that had that bad eight game stretch in the middle of the season and thought, oh, they're cooked. They've been playing really, really good since then. Right now, Ken Palm has the Huskies third in the country. They're the third-ranked team. Their offense is third. Their defense is 13th. Top 15 offensive and defensive team. That is elite, elite stuff from UConn. Here are the players to keep an eye on. Adama Sonogo. It starts with him. Adama Sonogo has been one. If, it, if Drew Timmy didn't exist, if Marquise Noel at Kansas State didn't exist, 
Adama Sonogo would probably be the player getting attention as the best player in the NCAA tournament right now. He had a monster game against St. Mary's. He had a monster game against Iona. Not quite as productive against Arkansas. Part of that is because since UConn got such a demand or a dominating victory, they didn't have to play their guys as much. That's a bummer for Gonzaga. Adama Sonogo only played 24 minutes in this game. Donovan Klingon, their backup center, who's very good, grew Timmy acknowledged after the game when, when asked a question about UConn, he said they got two bigs who are the same. Like they're equally good is what Drew Timmy said in the, in the media availability. So Donovan Klingon only played 13 minutes. Sonogo played 24 minutes. They only had two players who played over 30 minutes in this game. They're going to be rested. They're going to be coming into this game uh, with a little bit, perhaps a little bit more energy. We'll see, of course, how, how it translates, but they didn't have to play as many minutes. They didn't play as stressful of a second half, certainly. Um, but Adama Sonogo, he's big. He's physical. He's a low post weapon. He's really good at finishing around the rim. He's got nimble feet. He's got really good touch around the basket, but he's also huge and strong. He bodies people. He pushes people around. He gets to his spots. It's going to be a very, very big battle with him down on the block. Donovan Klingon, same type of thing, uh, was, you know, kind of came in as, as expected to be the backup center. He's a freshman. And ended up being like a candidate for Big East Freshman of the Year in a year where Cam Whitmore was there and obviously had some injury issues for them. But this is how good Donovan Klingon was in his first year with the Huskies. Now, UConn has a bit of a Gonzaga issue. They have elite bigs. Klingon and Sonogo are awesome. Are they better than Timmy and Watson? No, it's a different, they're, they're different. They're, they're a little bit more balanced defensively. I think just Timmy obviously is not great on that end of the floor, but offensively, nobody competes with Drew Timmy, but, but they have two great bigs and not a lot of other teams do. Gonzaga's one, Arizona's one, they're, they're long gone, but there are not that many teams that have this, but UConn also has pretty inconsistent guard play, which has been a theme for Gonzaga throughout the season. Now, UConn's latest game, Jordan Hawkins led the team with 24 points. Uh, he was very, very good in that game. If they get that version of Jordan Hawkins, where he's knocking down open shots, he's distributing the ball well, that's, that's an issue. Jordan Hawkins is their, is their best guard. Tristan Newton, a transfer from East Carolina. He, has, he was kind of came in with like hype of being one of the top 10 transfers in the country. Like He's going to make a huge impact for this UConn team, and he never really led lived up to those expectations. He had a triple double really early in the season, like the first week of the year. I remember seeing the highlights or the headlines that Newton had a triple double. Other than that though, he's, he's most part been pretty inconsistent. He's shooting under 38% from the field. He's averaging less than 10 points. He is averaging about five assists and about four rebounds per game. And while he's shooting 37% from the field, He's also shooting 37% from deep. So he can light it up. He can get to his spots. That's going to be an issue for UConn. They're a 36% three-point shooting team on the year. They have some guys who can really light it up, though. We mentioned Newton. He's about 38%. Hawkins, same. He's almost exactly the same, 37.5% for him. Alex Caraban is kind of their stretch four. Not a great rebounder necessarily, but a, a good scorer, averaging 9.5 points per game. He shoots 41% from deep. And then... Then there's a familiar face, Joey Calcaterra. You folks might remember Joey Calcaterra. He played at San Diego. He started for them, was a very nice combo guard, outside shooter for the Toreros. He transferred to UConn, and he's playing a really nice role for them off the bench. He's played in every one of, almost every one of their games. He's averaging 15 minutes per game, six points, but he's shooting 44% from beyond the arc. This is a UConn team that can score a lot of different ways. Their guard play is inconsistent, but they have the depth in the front court to be really, really good. This makes this a fun, fun matchup. Fun matchup. 
between two teams that are maybe a tad over-reliant on their post players for scoring that have inconsistent guard play, high-level offensive teams, two of the five best offenses in the entire country. UConn is a much better defensive team, but hey, that was the case with UCLA as well. And guess what? It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Can Gonzaga beat UConn? Absolutely. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tougher than any game they've played this year. I'm very excited for this game. And look, I don't think that Mark Few is going to change the starting lineup, but I wanted to touch on that really quickly before we ended this because I know people are talking about it. I know there is conversation about it. Malachi Smith and Hunter Salas outplayed Nolan Hickman and Rasir Bolton on Thursday. You could make arguments that they have outplayed them more often than not this season. But I don't think Mark Few is going to make a change to the starting lineup. What I hope is that Few will recognize, hey, if this happens again, if these guys are playing better, leave them in the game. I don't care who starts. I care who finishes the game. If Malachi Smith is playing better than Rasir Bolton and in crunch time, he's not on the floor, we're going to have words. We're going to have conversations about that. If Malachi Smith outplays Rasir Bolton and gets the last six minutes of the game, plays the last few minutes, even if he didn't start, I'm fine with that. I don't think disrupting the starting lineup in a two-day period between games is, an, is a, a particularly good idea. But I do think Mark Few needs to recognize when his players uh, are playing at their best, when some of his guys maybe aren't, and make adjustments accordingly. He did that against UCLA. Will he do that against UConn? That's going to tell us a lot about how that game might go. All right, that's going to do it for me today and for this week. Uh, so much fun stuff. I'm so excited the Zags are in the Elite Eight. What an incredible season for them. I, I mentioned this on Twitter, but... If this is a down year for the Zags, finishing the year ranked in the AP Top 10 and making the Elite Eight, I'll take that down year every single year I possibly can. What an extraordinary season from Mark Few as a coach. Extraordinary season from many of these players developing behind the scenes and stepping into bigger roles. It has been an absolute blast to bring you content all season long. And we're not done. We're not done. So hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so yet. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a comment. On YouTube, follow me on Twitter, Andy Patton, CBB. We got tons more content coming your way as the Zags continue to play basketball. We got tons of off-season coming, content coming your way as well. So check out the show. Hit that subscribe button. And for now, until we get to that UConn game, a big hearty go Zags to everybody. <laughs>